Welcome to another episode of Paddy Talks Golf. Powered by four golf custom, those beautiful people in Clean Castle. What are you doing with your life if you haven't been over to see them? Derek, Dave, and Co. And this guy, hey, Seamus. Hey, I'm Seamus Power on the PGA Tour. If you're looking for the best golf club reviews out there on YouTube, just check out the guys at 4Golf Custom. They've custom fit my golf clubs for years and they're the best in the business. So you have it from me, and more importantly, you have it from Seamus. Um, plenty of people up and down the country have been to through the doors of 4Golf Custom. If you want to know more about what's in my bag, if that's of interest at all, it's done in a recent Beyond Scratch episode. But you press play because it's the maximum break episode as requested by our interviewee, Carol Brill, who has founded the Usher Syndrome Foundation, the charity, because she has indeed Usher Syndrome. And she's on the way to the 29th Phoenix Cup. Uh, since we recorded this episode, she's made the team. That's a fully inclusive team international event. It's based on the Ryder Sonic Cup for disabled golf groups. Golf groups from around the world come together and play. I spent uh, an afternoon with, um, with Carol uh, in Stackstown with great crack. Um, but we get stuck into disability golf, what it's like for her and those with Usher Syndrome or who need an aid around the course, what that whole process looks like. She's great crack, infectious personality. I hope you've as much fun listening as I did on the day and indeed going back and editing this episode. All right, let's get stuck in. Roll it there, Colette. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Joe Bradley told us the production line was finished in Kerry. Where's Joe Bradley? What do you get at? to tee it up Carl Brill I am ready to tee it up Podrick <laughs> um, a lot of people might know who Carl Brill is right until maybe two months ago I didn't I'm, I'll be honest okay if anything I am transparent so for everybody else uh, my mother and a couple other people who listen to the show uh, who are you and where are you from well <coughs> I am uh, a mad joke that fell in love with golf just a few years ago, and I'm from Dundrum in the foothills of South Dublin. So you're a dub? Yeah. <laughs> Why did you make the Dublin football team? Are you delighted uh, young Jack McCannon is back? Who's the wing back for Dublin? Young Jack, the teacher. He's back playing wing back now. Are you delighted? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The first question I normally, the first question I, I would generally ask people on the show is, what is your earliest memory of golf? Uh, playing golf or my of, uh, of, the, of the golf, golf? Your first my experience first and feeling towards it. <laughs> well, my, like all my life, I hated golf because my father hated it, and he refused to retire because he said, "I don't want to play golf." So I grew up with this idea that golf was what you did when you retired and it will be seven years now that I discovered and fell for golf um, I was researching you know pastime or hobby for myself given that my sight is deteriorating and so I looked up blind sports and up came golf and I thought right yeah better find that out so I can tell other people about it 
And then I discovered that there was a clinic going on up in Leopardstown. And John Langan was a pro there and he would give, you know, coaching to uh, Irish Blind Golf. So I thought, I'll go along, have a look at it, so I can tell people about it. I had no intention of playing it. And John just gave me a club and he says, here, hit that. And it was a few little chipping shots and that was it. Sold. Hooked. Hooked. Everything. I think that's a book. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, so that was just back in 2015. And then quite prematurely, um, I went out with the guys at Irish Blind Golf and played in the Hermitage. And I had a friend with me to guide me. And he said, just grip the club and just hit it. Hit it really hard. Pretend you hate somebody. So I did that. And I ended up injuring my wrist. So that was me out (laughs) just as I started. So um, I think it was about three months later. I could then get back into it. And um, it was, you know, a bit of a slow burner. And then at the start of 2016, I really was determined I was going to get on top of this. And um, yeah, I, I was starting off 2016 with major surgery. And as I was having 37 staples taken out of my stomach, I was hyperventilating. And the surgeon was saying, just think of something relaxing. So I started pretending I was on the golf course and I was breathing through, you know, swinging a golf club as each staple was taken out, you know, so yeah, so that's, that's where it all started. So does playing golf still feel like staples are coming out of your stomach? <laughs> does it still feel like that? Well, sometimes if I if I end in, in the middle of the trees or in the middle of the thickets <laughs> out there, yeah, it would, yeah, but generally, no, I just, golf has been life-changing for me. What it's done for me, because, you know, when you're living with a condition called Usher syndrome, which means I'm losing my sight and my hearing. Um, it just you just forget, forget your mortgage, you forget your house chores, you forget you know everything, including my name. And I'm just transported in, into a different world as I hit the ball each time. Usher syndrome. So, th- did that happen seven years ago, or is it from early days in? As a child, or like, when, when did you find out? Well, it's a genetic condition. It's the most uh, common form of uh, genetic form um, of deaf blindness. My parents, well, at the age of four, I was wearing hearing aids because my mum noticed I was lip reading and I couldn't hear anything. So I was given this big, huge box and a wire into my ear at the age of four. Um, at the age of 11, my parents were told I was going blind, but there was no connection made between my hearing and my sight. My parents didn't tell me because they felt they would tell me whenever there's a cure. And that didn't, you know, there's still no cure or treatment to this day, unfortunately. And I found out by accident when I was 21. My teenage years were tough because I thought I was just clumsy. I didn't realise, you know, people could see in the dark. I didn't know people could see, at the, you know, peripherally. And uh, so I found out when I was 21. And I started to do some research because I couldn't understand how, on top of a hearing loss, how could I be, you know, going blind as well. And then I discovered... Usher syndrome 
and I was just went on a quest to get that absolutely diagnosed and I wasn't diagnosed genetically until about uh, probably six years ago. That's a long time. It is, yeah. Yeah. Like that it, I don't know how old you are, Carol, but like even for the fact like like it took years to diagnose properly, am I right in saying that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was quicker to learn golf. <laughs> <laughs> and you're damn good at it as well. Like if anyone chooses to follow this this idiot um who runs this podcast, uh I'll have a couple of videos up. We might have to go back a, a week or two ago in the feed of both Carol uh, hitting the ball exquisitely uh, and then me <laughs> wearing... Uh, so on the first tee you gave me... There were simulation so, glasses. So explain to everyone listening, uh, this isn't a video podcast just yet, but in time it will be. Can you explain to everyone the glasses you gave me and why you give those to people? Um, it's, it's all very well me saying, you know, it's like looking through a keyhole, except my... Tunnel, I, I've got tunnel vision. It's the only, it's the best way to describe my sight. So you guys can all see, you know, twelve o'clock, six o'clock, nine o'clock, and three o'clock when you're looking at something straight ahead. I can, you know, I'm not even. I'm just seeing the tip of my thumb as I hold it directly in front of me. So I've a very, very. It's like looking through the eye of a needle, and. Um, I think it's, you know, sometimes, you know, there's more to me than meets the eye. Let's put it that way. You know, some Fact. people wouldn't. <laughs> some people wouldn't know I have this condition. Um, but, you know, obviously lately, you know, there's a big giveaway as I walk into something or whatever, you know, and I'm counting my steps because I can, I thank God I know this clubhouse, like the back of my hand, I count my steps. So um, I intend to be here forever, you know, so... Um, but it's the other way of describing your your my vision would be the next time you're in the shower and your mirror is all steamed up just put a tip of your little finger into the middle of the mirror and you see a tiny speck that's clear and that's exactly what i'm seeing yeah. so yeah cuz like i put on the glass in the first tee and it was like oh man like literally two pinholes in, in, a pair, in a pair that blacked out glasses and two pinholes but on the we played nine holes and i think you're i think carol's going to win the competition today but anyway um like in stackstown we're here in stackstown so if you hear any background noise that is the bustling of the the bar on the other side of the partition here but i hit one drive uh with the glasses on and proceeded to top it uh, I don't even know where it is. It's probably still out there somewhere. So I had to hit a second one. And you can see how golf is an addictive when you can't see much <laughs> because it's all feel. You know, so I scuffed the first one and I was like, I got to do this right. Do you know what I mean? Is that is that what you feel as well? Um, well, at the very beginning, yeah, when I was trying to kind of come to grips, <laughs> pardon the pun, come to grips with the, you know, the clubs and, and whatever. But, you know, like you always hear the word consistency in your golf lessons. So you try to have the consistent swing and 
but you know I, I was very technical like with Teresa who's my guide here she would be driven demented now I was like okay now that went left that's because I didn't swing the hip or that's my hand grip you know and I'd be really down to the intricacies sort of like poor Carrington as well you know but no but honestly I learned a lot from his videos and everything because you know you try to you try not to be over analytic analytical but when you're losing your sight and you really want to enjoy the sport you've got to understand the feel of the swing you've got to understand the feel of the putting you know and you know i i i it's hard to describe when i am hitting off the tee box i won't say a blackout but like i zone out i i wouldn't remember the impact of the ball you know, because I just go into this other world as I go into this ring. So seven years ago, you went after golf a little bit more, maybe eight years ago, 2023. And you got in the range there in Leperstown, love Leperstown range. It's all track, track man in yeah, every day now. Yeah, it's magic. So if you want to be analytical, Karloff, yeah, go. Um, so where is this transition between... So like I, I try and run these get-into-golf programs we spoke a little bit today. Uh, with Hazel down in Leperstown and multiple groups. And I try and get as many women in them as possible. Um, and I'm successful in doing that, right? So it takes a lot of confidence not only to be a woman in a male-dominated sport, right, which is improving every day that goes past, but you also have, like, a disability. So that takes a lot of bravery uh, to, to step up to the plate. But where's the transition between hitting balls in Leperstown to getting on the course, and how does that work for you? Or how did that work for you? Well, um, I came into Stackstown through the Get Into Golf programme okay. because Teresa, my guide, is a member here and she encouraged me because I was petrified. I longed to be a member of a golf club, but I was petrified because I figured um, golf clubs would see me as a liability, you know, hitting golf balls into car parks and you know, breaking honest, the windows. There's, there's, there's plenty of golf clubs up until recently that thought women were a fucking liability. Forgive my <laughs> French. So um, they have improved. So it's great to hear, you know. That yeah. No, I, I, it, it's just the, the Get Into Golf program was absolutely fabulous. And um, it was, it was it, you know, I think, you know, a program like Get Into Golf is fantastic to ease everybody in, you know, to go from buying the, the bag of clubs to joining up as a full member in a, in a golf club, that's it. that's too too big a jump. You know, you've got to ease into it gently and the Get Into Golf programme is, is, is quite good. And, um, and I kind of, you know, I, I would be a firm believer in that programme works. You know, um, be it for women, be it for men, be for people with disabilities. Um, I'm actually on the National Disability and Inclusion Committee with Golf Ireland and you know we've been trying to work ways of, of getting people with disabilities to think about golf as a sport of choice and you know modeling it on the Get Into Golf um, program. Where am I going now? <laughs> no, no, that's, not the, 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 that's the transition. Is like yeah, that's the, the transition. Golf that got you yeah, on the course. yeah, because like it is, it's it's as 
a sport that you just cannot pick up overnight unless you're a fantastic hurling player you know or tennis player you've got that natural swing but um if you're taking up golf as a starter you know start off slowly get get into the golf program um and and work your way up and it's and also practice 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 and relax relax just chill out I, I wasn't too people think uh People see like a low handicap of three or four or whatever and they get like super stressed that they're, oh, I'm going to be like a umbrage or baggage for this person that I'm going out with today. And like, was I, was I, st- <laughs> were you stressed playing with me today, Carl? I don't, I hope you weren't. Well. <laughs> Just chill out, like. <laughs> no like, comment. I'm not there, I'm not there. <laughs> Analyzing everything. I'm trying to have as much fun as possible. I almost killed someone today, actually. Uh, I did say sorry. Um. But so like I was pretty wayward. <laughs> if if you are transparent, I I'm being transparent. At the beginning, you know, I know like probably the, 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 the bit of shyness and the bit of pressure, you know, I hit a few rough shots and I'm thinking, Oh my god, he's gonna think what the hell has he done <laughs> coming in and having a round of golf with me. But I hope I I've you know, be, some people don't have the tolerance or the patience for people that you know, take longer to get to the the. I'll play the with pen. you every day, Karen. <laughs> There's no panic there. All right. Right. <laughs> like for me. The, what the, the time are you available tomorrow? Uh, anytime. <laughs> anytime. Uh, like for me, the round I got before having a chat is just about getting to know each other, and nine holes is perfect for that. Yeah. Because then, hopefully, you're more comfortable now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then it's like doing it cold, but like, it's good to know that like you're super comfortable on the golf course. As being like relatively new to golf, like I'm playing twenty. How old am I now? Thirty-six next month. So I'm playing you like said twenty. You said you were fifty. <laughs> I know I'm pretty grey. Uh, I'm playing like twenty-five years, and I'm still not good at this game. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, how much? How much does the has Stackstown helped you in in embracing the game of golf? Stackstown have been amazing, and they just recently made me honorary life member not not um because of my disability it's because they they recognize you know my drive my determination to ensure that golf is accessible to all where possible and you know to promote the game of golf as a sport of choice it, because like what the benefits not just physical health but mental health as well you know, um, without getting injured <laughs> to a certain extent, not without falling into the bunker kind of thing. But like, um, no, it's it, it's an it's like um, a physical yoga. You know, it, it's it's like. The only way I can describe what golf has done for me is, you know, you can imagine if you're losing your hearing, that's tough. If you're losing your sight, that's tough. And if you lose them both, well, that's beep tough. So no, you, this is not for kids. <laughs> it's fucking tough. Yeah, it is. It is. But um, Stackstown have welcomed me and supported me. They've just, you know, they've encouraged me participating in tournaments abroad. Um, you know, they, they've just done whatever they could do to make me feel very welcome and feel very at home. Um, and and I like. You know, I, I can't imagine going to another club like, you know, because I, I I remember being at another club and this lady walked up to me and she says, we're looking for lady members. And I said, well, I'm only starting off. My handicap's quite high. 
she turned on a heel and walked away. You know, that shouldn't. Yeah, you know, you don't want to be a member it's, of that it's club not anyway. about no, no. But like here, they're just amazing, and uh, we set up a group called Girl Guides. You know, Teresa is my regular guide. Teresa is my is is as important as the driver. Oh, that's my fault. The audio recorder fell over. Sorry, but anyway, edit. Um, but no, Teresa has been my is, is my regular guide. She's she's just like the driver in the bag. You know, she's 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 there. Um, but we also set up a group called Girl Guides so that if Teresa wasn't available, one of the lady members would take me out and walk with me and play, let me play golf. They just empowered me, enabled me. And I, I couldn't, I, I, I would never have dreamed that, that being possible. The process is unreal as well. Like, the process of, like, a guide helping, around, helping you around the course. Yeah. Like, that whole process is fascinating to watch today. Yeah. Because yeah. I was like, every beginner golfer should have a guide. Yeah. I was thinking, I was like, this is how kids should learn. So, like, when I'm out with my son now, Christopher, I'll be out going, yeah, check, 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 there you go, off you go. Enjoy that now. It won't be, on, grip it there and hit it as hard as you can. Go on. <laughs> so, like, how I will, like, work with my with my kids is a bit different because, like, it's it's just, like, the pre-flight checks. You yeah, I mean? but there's certain guides that just shouldn't be guides, and there's guides that should be professional guides teaching other people to be, you know, guides. Because, you know, you, you know if you're not playing golf with someone that's not very pleasant, your game is affected. So it's important that your guide is able to tap into how you're feeling and everything. Because I remember back in 2017, and I felt I was losing my grip on the chance of winning the Irish Ladies Open, the Irish Blind Ladies Open. And she just pulled in, I think, had a disastrous front nine. It probably wasn't disastrous, but to me it felt disastrous. So just before we went to the 10th, uh, she pulled in and just left the buggy, left me in the buggy to do my little big cry. <laughs> or my big little cry, I don't know which one it was. But anyway, ugly face crying. I pulled myself together and we just, and I said, right, we're going to do this. We're just going to pull this. We're going to pull it off. And we did. We did. You, you have, uh, so there's the part of Carrington room here in Stackstone, which, which you gracefully uh, gave me a tour of. Uh, we were at, you asked the question, what was it? I can't, like, there's a Rolex in one of the... So this, is, this room is like six metres by six metres with an extension for the majors, like it's about half the clubhouse, uh, Mr. Harrington. Um, and there is a, like a Rolex is is there in one part of the cabin, and Carl's like, why why would he have his Rolex here? And <laughs> like why would you put your Rolex? Would you not wear it? And then they're going, Carl probably has like four or five more <laughs> <laughs> in the house over, you know. Mister Harrington, if you're listening, <laughs> maybe someday. But what I mean is, part of his his room, and it's like six by six meters. But you have the biggest room. Because your cabinet is in the foyer, so technically yours is bigger than, than Patrick's. And uh, Irish Ladies Blind Open Champion, and also British Open Champion, or the Open British Champion? British Open. Yeah. Um, in 2021. 20, yeah. 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 Class. So, are you like Tiger Woods now, and you rock up to car parks and you go, where's the first team, what's the course record? Is that you? <laughs> Not yet. 
Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. You started a charity as well. Yeah, I have. Um, it's called Usher Syndrome Ireland. It was needed because, you know, we have some wonderful charities out there, but when you're looking at something that involves losing both your sight and hearing, you need something that is there to understand and support, you know, with that, um, let's just say, you can go to a blind organisation to face the challenges on blindness and you can go to a deaf organisation to face the challenges on deafness, but we need something in between that looks at at it at a whole, holistically. And that's what um, myself and my very good friend, Deborah, who also has Usher Syndrome, uh, we met via Twitter a few years ago. That's where we met, Carl. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I know there's a lot of bad feeling about Twitter at the moment, but there's there's I a lot of fantastic. good things have come out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so yeah, two years ago we set up Usher Syndrome Ireland, and we're now a charity. We've got charitable status, and uh, we're doing great work. So if anyone wants to read up about what we're doing, it's called usherireland.org, and. Deborah and I work at it 24-7. We've got a great team. Of uh, We're now a total of 14 volunteers. So we all work, give of our time and uh, our patience as well. And uh, hopefully we will start to make you know great strides in what we want to do. We've just funded our first research study in uh, the University of Nijmegen in the Netherlands, uh, with co-funding from the Dutch Usher Syndrome as well, Dutch, Dutch Usher Syndrome Foundation. So yeah, watch this space. Hopefully, we'll get this cure treatment in, you know, in my lifetime. So that's fantastic, by the way. Like I expected a round of applause there, but the room is empty. Um, so the 14 people working full time. So what's the? So if someone listening in whatever country, as a friend or colleague or or family member diagnosed or, or whatever with Usher Syndrome, can they go to Usher Syndrome Ireland and get all the info that you spent years collating in your 20s? Yep, yeah. yep, yeah, they'll have, there's, there's information. We've just started running our mental health program to try and help people, you know, live with the stress of the disease. But we opened up our, our first web uh, webinar uh, workshop last week and it was it's not just for people with Usher syndrome but it's for people who are um, supporting families working with Usher syndrome so you know because everybody needs to benefit from mental health awareness so um, yeah and then we just we want to try and get a treatment or cure to try and make this a disease of the past. Fantastic so how much does a research study cost the charity to, to run? Um, it, it will depend. It depends on the university. It how, depends how on the equipment. <laughs> exactly. 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 What my question really is, you're, you're fundraising all the time. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So, how, so do you know those like um, thermometer thing, goal yokes, right? What's the number on the top of yours? Um, ideally, I would love to raise you know, and just being very, very simplistic in Ireland, I would love to raise a hundred grand. What does a hundred grand do? Hundred grand would um, fund another 
study um, to start it and it would also run mental health programs we would have to hire sign language interpreters for those that use sign language and you know that's not it's not cheap so anyone who 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 uh, has a child or, or whatever it's like Christopher's autistic uh, my 12 year old so if you've ever like gone to a speech therapist or a behavior specialist they ain't cheap you know what I mean? No, so it's nothing cheap. Like, yeah, nothing's and everybody cheap. has to make their living. Exactly. You know, sign language interpreters are amazing, um, but they have a living to make. So we can't we, we can't expect that kind of service for nothing. But it has to be paid for, because we really want to end the isolation. A lot of things that you know that we would hear from people living with Usher syndrome is isolation. Like I could be in a room of like we've been in this room for a Christmas party or the ladies captain's party and I would struggle to hear or see half of the conversation um, you know so you could be in a room with a hundred people and feel very very isolated yeah, I, I make jokes about lots of things but like in that context you're probably better off but <laughs> 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 some of those people <laughs> like, like people not just like, not women or whatever, but like just some, some of those folks you're just fucking better off not, not knowing what's going on <laughs> Thanks, you can see the drink in front of you. <laughs> I better be careful, you know. I don't know no, who's going to be me, listening. That's me now. That's me now. Don't worry. That's me. So um, something I something I did last year or at Christmas time is I kind of I asked people to rate your year. So rate last year, golf wise and life wise. What would you give Carol Brill out of out of ten, golf wise or like for the charity wise? Out of t- mark your year out of 10, 2022. Teresa, <laughs> you left me out here. I'm, I'm, what would, what would you say? I, I, everything I do, I do it with my whole heart and I'm dedicated to everybody and, you know, like I, I, to balance, I, my mum lives with me, I take care of her. I have a daughter, I take care of her. I have a, an aunt over in England who hasn't been well. I take care of her as best as I can. And I try to fit in everything. I just need 36 hours in a day and 10 days in a week to do everything I want. And uh, But I was just saying to Theresa this morning, I have got to make sure that I'm going to play golf every week this year for my sanity, for myself. I want to live. I don't want to just exist. Yeah. I want to live. Yeah, so Does that, that answer your th- question? The next question, absolutely. <laughs> so a 10 out of 10, but you need 11. <laughs> Basically. And a half. <laughs> <laughs> so the, and the next question is, is like, you know, for this, what you want to achieve this year. So it's, it's play golf every, every, yeah. every week. Once yeah. a week. Yeah, that's the goal this year because I, you know, I really missed it last year with the back injury and I, I just... You know, I, I feel like I am me. You know, I'm not Carol Brill running the charity. I'm not Carol Brill the dishwasher. I'm not. I'm I, I'm just me. And when I'm on that golf course and, and the freedom of walking down the, the fairway without having to worry about crashing into something. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many cars I've walked into um, when they'd be reversing out. I, you know, I... I like the supermarket as well, like that's nightmare because I don't see the trolleys, stuff, you know, and I'm, I'm a danger to everybody. So, um, but just to go walk down fairways, I 
just freedom. It's just fab. I think anybody who plays golf uh, would like see golf in the same way as, as that. I mean, you don't have to be blind or going blind or going deaf to appreciate that feeling. Yeah. Um, that it is like a place of serenity for a lot of things, as long as the ball goes forward, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my baseline. Yeah. <laughs> as long as yeah. the ball goes forward, um, half a rotation is good enough for me. Come back to the charity. What are the main fundraising activities? So that for people who are listening, because like you're in Dublin, and it's great vista uh, we're looking out over. I think you can see pretty much all of Dublin from here. Um, I'm I'm not from Dublin. I'm a culture, so I couldn't even tell you. Oh, there's about far number there's <laughs> step aside. But like, what I'm getting to is there's a massive like uh, tech business companies etc. With a what's called a CSR fund, uh, uh, which is community and social responsibility. So if anybody is listening that has like CSR funds available. <laughs> Right, and charities to to give them to. There's fundraising activities. What's planned for the year for the Usher Syndrome Ireland? What's what are the fundraising bits that you'll be doing this year? Holding a golf classic, hopefully. I've actually put in my. Don't worry. And hopefully, we're we're just trying to appeal to people if they're going to do the marathon or to have a bake sale, you know, anything because, like, as I say, we're we're just finding our way as a charity. Um, and we're looking for ideas. We're looking for people to, to help us out, um, come up with some really novel ideas because it is very difficult to fundraise in this economic climate and, and people are challenged with the cost of living. So um, get in touch if you have any ideas. Contact at usherireland.org. Slide into the, the DMs. <laughs> so I'll have your uh, Twitter in the, in the show yes. notes below, yeah. don't you worry. It's quick fire Q&A time, which are the hardest questions, really. What would your walk-on song be? It has to be Run DMC, Walk This Way. <laughs> That's class. <laughs> gym or pizza? Huh? Gym, like the gymnasium or pizza, which is your choice? Pizza. Uh, pineapple, yes or no? Uh, do you know what? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm partial oh, to pineapple pick, lately. Your pineapple is very, very good for you. So that's why, yeah. On the side, we'll put it on the side. <laughs> hat, visor, or bucket hat? What is Carol preference? Gotta be hat. Happy Gilmore or Tin Cup? Yeah, tin Cup. Kevin Costner. Do you watch Yellowstone? Sorry? Yellowstone. Have you started watching Yellowstone? No, yet? I've been. I, I have to find time. Unreal. Yeah, yeah, I know. Kevin Costner. I've heard so much about it. It's, so, yeah. it's not it's not a very quick fire, quick fire QA, don't worry. <laughs> uh, walk or cart? Oh walk. Absolutely walk. If you were to play in them, win the open or win the masters. Open. Instagram or Twitter? God. I think I like the Instagram. I do like the Instagram because it's got some funnies in it, you know? I like those funny videos that pop up. I was on the plane back from London during the week and there's an elderly gentleman, like a businessman, and it's not very quick for a Q&A, I'm sorry. <laughs> and like the last person you'd think on the plane would act in this way. It's like a seat in front of me and he had no headphones on and he was watching like real like stories on Facebook at full volume. <laughs> I like pure random stuff. 
pure <laughs> random stuff on your feet. <laughs> so, is, that, is that you? <laughs> no, you've heard one time. <laughs> no, but do you know what the beauty with the Instagram and, and Usher Syndrome is that I... My Instagram Bluetooth straight into my hearing aid, so no one knows what I'm watching or listening Class. to. So, yeah, <laughs> good. it's good. Uh, play or practice? Uh, do you know what? It's 50 50. But it play. Should be as well, but yeah. Which you prefer? Which do you enjoy more? I prefer playing, of course. Love playing. Yeah. Last question. It's kind of like a story question. Okay. So, Usher Syndrome Ireland have raised 100 grand, right? And you're having a celebratory dinner. And you're at the top of the table. And you have three people down the right and three people down the left. Who is at Carol, Carol Brill's candlelit dinner? Teresa, for one. Go on, Teresa. <laughs> Yourself. Ah, no. Till now. Come on, you get, no you'd have the good no stories to no tell, to you know? My <laughs> I can just eat and drink and you do the talking. I'd be, I'd be uh, right with that one. No, I'm not going to sit at your table, <laughs> but I'll be the waiter. Like that, right? I'd be there having a crack between courses. So Teresa's on the left. Okay, Teresa's on the left. Um, okay, I'm going to get into trouble. You know, if I forget anybody, Debs, Deborah, who who works with me in the charity, um, definitely Deborah. Um, gosh. I wouldn't mind having Tiger there. You know, he'd be good chat. He'd be good chat. It'd be good chat these days, like 15 yeah. years ago, not so yeah. much. But nowadays, he seems to be good crack. <laughs> um, and I, I, you know, I'm just trying to think. Be, I think if, it, if we're going to go into the golfing world, I think we just have to have Ian Poulter there, even though he's gone over to the other side. I just think we'd, he'd be a bit of crack. Yeah, he'd be a good story. You know. He'll probably ride in his Ferrari, show off all his. He'll bring all his Rolexes with him. <laughs> and he might give me a Rolex, you know. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. four. <laughs> Two more. Um, Two more. Now, I'm just trying to think of the entertainment value at the table as well, you know. So we'd, we'd have to have somebody, um, a bit of a comedian. What's that fella? Connor. And then just to kind of bring in a, a bit of a female balance. I think pink. That came straight out of left field. Yeah. I just think, you know, yeah. yeah and you definitely put pink across from Ian Poulter. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got the singer. The, yeah. We got the joker. That's, that's a good singer. We got the talker. <laughs> <laughs> it's been really insightful talking to you thank you very much thanks for um, oh. putting up with me for nine holes oh listen thank you thank and, you uh, it's just we'll, been we'll great we'll again soon we'll have you down to Teresa you'll have to be free during the summer we'll bring you down to La Hinch absolutely alright yes. we'll take care of that brilliant All brilliant right. thanks for coming on alright thank you thank you that's Carol Brill and I hope you really enjoyed that episode. I thought it was great crack listening back to it, editing it, and it was great crack in person. I hope you know more about Carol Brill, her endeavours, about disability golf, about Usher syndrome. If you are that person in a conglomerate, a multinational, um, in HR or in the community social responsibility area, and you need something for this year, or you have an event, or you have a corporate event, and you look for a charity, um, Carl's details and the Usher syndrome details will be in the show notes below or ping me and I'll put in touch with Carl or find her and yeah, sort it out. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Um, I great crack as I said. Uh, next week's will be Sasha McKenzie of The Stack. Um, so I sing it everywhere. 
it's like it's a manifesting its way into my training aid repertoire um, that's next week so if you're looking to improve your game get faster be the next Matt Fitzpatrick maybe um, next week is of interest um, I'll leave it there for this week I think it was a longer episode than normal uh, we'll be here same bad time same bad channel next week if you want to know more look more episodes hit up pettytalksgolf.com it's pettytalksgolf on Instagram Twitter Facebook I'm very original with the names thank you all for pressing play share the show with your family and friends until we teed up again soon I'm Paddy.